unsure if a child is yours, are you pregnant, and unsure if a child is his, Assurance DNA is here to help you find the answer to your questions. Assurance DNA is a paternity testing service with access to over 5,000 testing locations across the country. They provide legal paternity testing and home paternity test kits. Can't leave the house? Assurance DNA has a network of mobile collectors that can come to you. Assurance DNA has partnered with DNA Diagnostic Center, a trusted source for DNA testing since 1995. At Assurance DNA, you're not just a number, you're family. When you call, you'll speak to a paternity testing expert who will guide you through the entire process. Order a home paternity test kit today and get 10% off, yes, 10% off by using the special code MISGUIDED at checkout. Everyone's situation is unique, so visit AssuranceDNA.com to schedule a free consultation or give them a call now at 877-362-6450. Assurance DNA, confidence in knowing. Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it, I'ma shake the globe, change it. Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents, I'ma shake the globe till they feel it. Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it, I'ma shake the globe, change it. Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents, I'ma shake the globe till they feel it. What's up, everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. The purpose of this podcast is to do exactly that. We will dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful, but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them. Our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And now, let's get started. What's up, everybody? My name is Juwan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast, where we intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here with Royal Banks, a guy just trying to build some things. Uh, we got a military military guy over here. How, how's it going, man? Man, I'm good, man. You know, I, I, I really literally cannot complain. I woke up and ate some strawberries and some dates and drank some water, and I'm just, you know, I'm just a happy, I'm just a happy man. L- living that uh, healthy life, I see. That's good. I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> yeah man for real for real um no nah, it's beautiful how's the weather in texas it's, it's nice out here in california dude it's it's uh it's since i moved here it's been 75 to 80 degrees every single day with blue skies every oh, single wow. like well, every wow. day when did you yeah, move man, there? so about two about two and a half weeks ago so oh, shit fresh that's yeah. yeah just moved into the house i closed on the house about you know about three weeks ago moved in two and a half weeks ago so yeah congrats on closing on the house uh let uh, shit let, let's go ahead and just talk about that real quick because that's a huge process sure. and especially right after corona yeah. and we're in like the hottest market ever right now so oh how, my gosh. Yeah. how was that process yeah, yeah. like was it competitive like pricing wise yes 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 so so you know here i will say like you know big military man the va loan is so clutch the VA loan to anybody who does not know what it is, essentially a guaranteed loan uh, for military, active duty military service members, reservists, or I think I think retired people can use it as well. And it guarantees you a loan up to, don't quote me on the numbers, like up to 400 grand, 
$435,000, depending on where you're at. And so that made it easy. That made it easy. But the market, I just think across the entire United States is yeah. hyper competitive. Yeah. I, I, you just got your real estate license, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you studying markets, you're studying where you're at. Dude, a house would come on the market and it would have an offer on it within 20 minutes. Like no lie. Yeah. yeah. No lie. Well, it, it it'll was, have it a, it'll have an offer on it before it even hits the market. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, so. it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Uh, so I had to, uh, I basically had to offer above the asking price. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, how was the bidding war? How, like how much, uh, how much did you end up offering or did they settle above asking price? Because yeah, literally. Yeah. So last week was my first week uh, in, as a real estate realtor. Um, I started my job last week and like, like two of the people had already asked like on my first day of the job, like, so like the market's super competitive, right? Like what should we offer? Like, obviously it should be above yeah. asking price. And like, you know what I mean? They were asking these questions. Yeah. I was like, damn, it's really competitive. <laughs> it, it is man like i think the the house we were going for I, I, you know full transparency of course i'm not going to give the address but like it was yeah. going for 185 or something or 187 or God, something like that and I was, that sounds so it, it, good yeah <laughs> it sounds great Dude, I'm, in, I'm in the bay so so <laughs> right so yeah, yeah yeah 175 yeah. <laughs> i was just at a shithole house that was uh i wish i could show this uh, picture on here but literally yeah. the house yeah. was like 80s like it had like a 50s yeah. uh oven in it still like it was ridiculous mm -hmm. and it was in the wall somewhere in the, the oven in the wall or something like that yeah yeah it was yeah. uh it was yeah, yeah, 1.4 yeah. 1. mil 1.4 1. mil Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's disgusting. Welcome to that's the disgusting. Bay. Nah, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm good on that. No, we had to, yeah, we essentially had to offer over asking. I'm sitting there like, I, I will go, once again, in real estate, I I, I'm, I own property in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That was where I was last stationed at in Fort uh -huh. Bragg, you know, military guy. Ch try to guess how much I, I paid for a house, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a, a branch style house, brick home in a C plus neighborhood. Guess how much I paid for it in 2018. 85 damn you close Seventy five thousand dollars. i bought it for seventy five thousand. i was see so i was gonna go 75 i was gonna go like 70 <laughs> and then i was like he probably paid a little bit over but i, I don't know so damn yeah no uh, 75 man 75 and, and that thing is is i'm written it out and it's cash flowing and it's, it's been great so far like you know what yeah I'm saying? I love I, it, so. yeah so so um that's good to know you didn't sell that um how much equity do you have in the house now man i think i'm at like the 24 percent no no like, i'm at like 19 percent equity i came in i i, I uh, did a down payment of five percent uh with that one and i've just been paying it since then so i think i'm like 17 or 18 percent equity i'm not even a full 20 percent yet you didn't use right the, VA, the uh, va loan i did not i did a conventional loan for that one um i don't know why i did that i, I wanted <laughs> to use a va loan back then for a multi-family but oh, i couldn't okay. get to a multi-family so i just used I had, you know, it was what, 2017. I, I I sold my old Honda Accord. I had some savings from when I went to Iraq. I sold some Bitcoin and that's how I used my down payment for that house. I had some Bitcoin and some Litecoin and Ethereum. There sold all know. that for my old Honda and just made it happen. You know what I'm saying? Back yeah. then. So that's uh, cool. Yeah, it, it, it worked out. Yeah. Um, man, I love I love real estate. We could talk about real estate all, t all day on the podcast, as you know. But yeah, uh, sure, um, that's cool, man. Uh, you know, the East Coast is like investing in the East Coast is so different than investing out here. It's like, hmm. 
like just the, the market scene, what you can get, the style. I'm just learning so much going through the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is, man. It's, it's, I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional investor or anything like that. I only have two properties in the one that I'm living in now. Um, the other one is a mobile home, which, you know, we can talk about that if you want to, too. But um, yeah, it is, man. The West Coast is just, is wild, uh, super competitive, very expensive. A lot of folks, you know, they're they're going to either the the, the South or the or the Midwest. You can still buy properties in in Cleveland, um, in Indianapolis or whatever for I don't know forty fifty thousand dollars. Some places in Memphis, um, you can buy them for like super cheap, you know, out, out there um, and, and and you know and do in cash flow pretty well. But absolutely, yeah, yeah. no, um, yeah, you're one hundred percent. What uh. Let's talk about that mobile home. Where is it at? How'd you even get into it? Because we haven't had a person on here talk about mobile homes yet. Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. So I was on Twitter one day. I don't know who uh, posted it. I was following somebody. This is 2019, I believe. And I saw somebody just like, hey, we're renovating this mobile home. We're going to put a renter in it. I'm like, what? You can do that? You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. So I just started Googling and, and I came across the mobile home elite investors. So shout out to them. Um, they are now, they own, they co-own um, three, three or four parks now, I believe. They have a great course. No, I, this is not a, a plug. Or anything. Like I'm just yeah. saying, I'm speaking uh -huh. on the quality of their content that they have. So anybody check out the mobile home elite investors on YouTube, check out their course. So I, I just, dude, I just went, I went into crazy research mode, man. Just wow. Just, I was like, you can buy a mobile home for, <laughs> X amount of thousands of dollars yeah, and yeah. freaking put a renter in it and they will pay the rent. And that's exactly what I did. I, I basically went on Facebook marketplace in the area. I found a lady that was selling a mobile home. She wanted $2,500 for it. I believe that's it. That's, that's crazy. That's that it. Yeah. And it was, it was in solid condition. It was in good condition, like livable condition already. I went, I, I admit, so I bought it. I took out a, something called a TSP loan, which is the military version of um, a 401k loan, essentially. Oh, okay. I took out, you know, I took out 10 grand or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll just use this and whatever. All right. So yeah. I bought the home in cash. Easy. It's not as, it's not as difficult as, as buying a, um, a house. Yeah, because a mobile home is essentially considered a vehicle. It's, it's a title exchange, essentially. Yeah. Um, so there is no there is no deed unless that mobile home is on land. Um, you know, you can you can there is a deed exchange on that one. But uh, it was it's like buying a car, dude. Like yeah. buying a car in a private deal. You take it to the DMV, get the damn title signed off. You got it. You own it now. That's crazy. <laughs> and um, I put I put I will admit I put too much money into the mobile home. I put about eight grand into it. Um, so even still all in for, you know, $11,000. That's really that, good. That was the first deal did too much to it. Well, how yeah, much is rent? very good. All how, in. Mu and, how much is your rent? It's the rent right now is sure. Yeah. The rent is six fifty. So what I did, what you do is you, when you rent out a mobile home, you, you sell it on terms, essentially, um, you are financing that mobile home. So, uh, the differences between renting is you, you, when you rent it out, um, you're charging that fee and you're responsible for maintenance. When you sell it on terms, you're essentially financing. Just like when you buy a car from somebody, right? You're not renting it from them. You're financing it and you're paying the bank off over time, over a term, five yeah. years, four years, seven years, whatever. And who's responsible for that maintenance on that car when you, when you buy it? 
who is yeah. you, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's how, <laughs> that's how it is with the mobile home. All right. I have it in the in the lease here. Hey, you are buying it on terms. You are financing it for, for 60 months. Uh, you will pay me and, and you know, a, a set amount of 365 a month plus the lot rent. I pay that lot rent to the park because I am the leaseholder on that lot to the park. Um, and they're responsible for their own maintenance. And they agreed to that. And they've been paying me $650 a month in rent uh, since January of 2020, essentially. Um, so that's it's, it's, almost yeah. a year and a half. I'm going to do some mm -hmm. quick math real quick. He said yep. 650 is rent. 650 so in almost and when you hit 18 months, you would have eleven thousand seven hundred and uh and that's you, correct. You'd make your you'd make your your all your investments back. Yeah. Within a year and a yeah. half. That's a really yeah. good deal. So um are you yeah. have you ever thought about expanding mobile home? Like yeah, and it, yes, yes, yes. This leads into so I had a whole adventure with it and it was great. I, I only have one right now, I wholesaled another. And I was working. That's on, a whole different yeah, conversation. Could, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah. You can wholesale them. You can flip them. I mean, people, people do all types of stuff. It's, it's deep, man. The whole, the mobile home thing is deep. Um, like I said, please check out the mobile home elite investors. I mean, those, those, they're legit like millionaires now. Like when they started, I don't think they, they, they weren't. Uh, and now they are <laughs> It's like, they're, they're crushing it. Um, I'm going to look them up right now. So, so yes. Yeah, absolutely. Byron Sellers and Sharnice Williams. Uh, definitely looked them up. I think um, they were on, one of them was on, they were on EYL uh, not long ago. They were on, on your leisure. Um, but but yeah, man, I, I, I've, you know, thought about expanding into it. I, military, you move to different markets yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. And the market I moved to, they were asked, they were trying to hit me over the head with these mobile home prices. You know, there, there's one lady, I put out a bandit sign outside of a park. This one lady called me. She was like, hey, I'm trying to sell a mobile home for $50,000 cash. I'm like, lady. It, so, <laughs> you, like I said, you have, <laughs> I was like, hold on now. Hold yeah, on. You, have mobile parks. Uh -huh. you have mobile homes in parks, right? Where the park owns the land, okay? And then you have mobile homes on their own land. The key thing is mobile homes lose value. The homes aren't worth anything, okay? So, some people you know, they buy, they use uh, some of these big mobile home companies, uh, Clayton Homes, et cetera, they buy them and finance them out, right? And then yep. they think that they pay it off. It's, it's not just like a car, right? If you buy a car for 50 grand, it's probably not going to be worth it. It's not going to be worth 50 grand when you sell it. It's not, or try to. Uh, so the mobile homes in, in parks are not going to hold the value as opposed to the ones on land, because guess what? The land is holding the value. It's the land. It's not the mobile home, not the yep. manufactured home. Yep. Um, so they were trying to hit me over in that area where I was in Virginia, like south of Richmond, they're like, yeah, man, I want 30000 I want forty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 cash. I'm like, what? Like, no, man, That's, I am yeah. not. No, even, <laughs> even trying to wholesale the, the spread, it wouldn't have been worth it. Um, and that essentially, you know, I was like, okay, I had to pivot. And that leads actually into the next, the current business that I'm working on. It actually has a link, uh, you know, when, when we want to get into that. But uh, yeah, man, it's something that I, I encourage everyone to look at. It's... Um, it's interesting. It's a fun thing. That's dope. So have you found it more fun to be invested in mobile homes? And I'm talking about going through the process, um, like yeah. fixing it up or adding, you know, that, that renovation on it. Is it more fun for you in mobile homes or real real estate? Oh uh, man, that's a good question. I don't, 
ah, man, I think it's more, I think it's more fun with a mobile home. It's yeah. more like, it's, it's cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> it is cheaper, man. Yeah, uh, mobile home, um, uh, you know, contract like contracting out those things and and and, and adding, you know, painting stuff is it's a lot cheaper because it's a mobile home. Buying a door for a mobile home is different from buying a door and installing a door on a stick built standard house. It is the cost is less. Um, yeah. You just have to find the right contractor or the right handyman that knows how to deal with mobile homes, and they won't try to charge you an arm and a leg. They won't. They are, that. That's the that's the point is trying to uh, find a contractor that won't charge you like you know, their, what they charge for an actual house. And, and house. what I've, yeah, yeah, what I've yeah. heard is, is finding like that handyman uh, or, you know, what, what are those, with those yeah. apps? You go on one of those apps, uh, TaskRabbit. And you got um, one of those people. Yeah. yeah. You got TaskRabbit. You got, where, oh man, where's my Upwork. phone? I got Thumbtack. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. Thumbtack. Uh, Thumbtack. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbtack. And that's, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can do that. You just have to like, I, that's where I, that's the reason why I, probably paid eight thousand dollars in fixing up the damn it, i didn't need to do that yeah i could have i could have bought it for 2500 and then put it on the market for five thousand the very next day and just sold it like just that. So, i could have yeah. done that easy yeah, yeah. But i wanted that i wanted that like rental income i wanted yeah. that and uh i got some good tenants in there and and all this aside from all that the big key is empathy man empathy 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 when you when you bring in a good tenant i have good tenants in the home coronavirus hit two months after they moved in okay they cannot control that i cannot control that they are great tenants but of lower income okay um and you have to work with people in there so regardless of of the the, the building the construction the purchasing the title exchange the ease of it you still have to get human beings in there yeah and you have to screen them well and you have to be empathetic um when, when times are a little rough with folks at times you know what i'm saying like it's and that and that's a, that's an interesting too to know is that you you literally started this two months before the pandemic hit and it, look you're man. still you're still going strong have, have they missed the payment yeah so so yeah so what i work with them man i'm like hey you know like they're like at one point in time the the you know only only the the husband was working uh, the wife was not working yeah um and so i she's like hey we only got one income roger all right, track it. And they pay the rent, they communicate. That's the thing I appreciated about her. She communicates. Yeah. Hey, letting you know, you know, two weeks, th these things are going to change at my husband's job. So yada, yada, yada. Can you work with me? Sure, absolutely. And so I work with her and we develop that relationship That's good. through communication. By the way, I don't have a property manager for this. I, I am the property manager. I don't okay? think you need one for a mobile home. You maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, not for a mobile home. Not for not for one. Not for a mobile. If you set up your lease right and they and they do yeah. their own um, repairs, you don't need one. But I mean, maybe if you, maybe if you have a lot, yeah, multiple, and you just the stress. You have a, if you have a park, you yeah. want a park manager. Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. But like, just work, they, yeah, they'll they'll hey, you know, hey, you know, they'll they'll either they say hey, we're not gonna have this amount. Can we? I broke it down to where, hey, you know, you can pay me weekly. If you can't, if you can't pay six fifty at one point in time, at one time during the month, pay me weekly, and they'll just pay me weekly. And it because it works out because he gets paid weekly. It works out better for them, and it, whatever works out. Hey, Christmas time comes. It's hard, man. It's a pandemic. It's Christmas. They, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to reveal too much of their business, but you got a child, you got a newborn. It's hard. Take Christmas off. You got it. You don't. You don't. You're good. Yeah. Because I don't. I didn't, there is no mortgage on that property. 
Yeah, it's already – it's just straight cash flow for you. Look at that. That's crazy. Straight cash flow. flow. It's like a paid-down property. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's a TSP loan, right? Yeah. But I'm paying the TSP loan back out of my home salary, and I don't yeah. I, I don't even miss it. Yeah. So it's like and, there is and, no mortgage. And, and is there is there interest on the TSP uh, TSP loan? Um, it's very little. I think when I took it out, it was one percent interest. God damn. Okay, cool. That's uh, that's like zero. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> yeah, it's. it's it's wild, dude. Yeah, man. It's like it, I think, and now at one point in time, it was like 0.85 interest, like yeah. percent interest on the thing. Yeah, like, I can see that. And you're paying yourself back, you yeah. know. So I don't, I don't. Now my house, uh-huh. that's a different story. The the North Carolina the, one. The, the house, yeah, the house yeah. in North Carolina. They're yeah. in, they're in the same state now. The, the mobile home, hey, yeah, it's cool. And you don't have it's cool because I don't own nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I got the cash flow sitting there, so it's cool. The house that has a mortgage on it, I have a property manager for that. I, I've never spoken to the tenants before, and they pay on time every single month. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. I know. That's I a different. Or I, I like. Hey. Well, that's the difference. <laughs> you got a house, a house versus a mobile home, but. Well, shit. Yeah. We, co- we covered a lot about the real estate and mobile home. That's that's good. I, I, you yeah. know, another investment tool is stocks. And, and you mentioned Bitcoin and yeah. Ethereum. So uh, how heavily invested are you in those and the new the new stuff? <laughs> man, <laughs> I tell you what, man, I, you know, I, I got into the Bitcoin hype in, in 2018. Uh, I bought I bought some, you know, nothing crazy. I haven't held I haven't, you know, hold, hold in or hold nothing on crazy. It was like three hundred dollars back then. Like that's still. Yeah, it was, man. Yeah, man. Even if you it buy was. one. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think I think I think one Bitcoin at one point. In time, I think at that time in 2018, it had to been like five thousand dollars or something like that yeah. something crazy and now it's what sixty one sixty one thousand dollars right now yeah um so i'm you know my plan i was in iraq when i when i was in deployed to iraq in 2016 2017 look man it's like when you do your job like yeah i wasn't i'm not infantry i was a logistics guy okay i wasn't out there shooting shooting you know things or going out there <laughs> on missions like that crazy, yeah okay? it was all mental work so when you're in your little container thing, you have nothing but time to just think and plan. You're making all this money as tax-free money as a, as a lieutenant, whatever. Yeah. I'm saying, all right, this is how I want my portfolio to be. I want it to be 90% stocks, 10% cryptocurrency at that time. So I, you know, came back home and I, I you know, I was investing while I was in Iraq, and I did. I had I had about I think five to 10% of crypto in my in my portfolio at the time. I sold all of it basically. To put the down payment on the house that I bought mm. in, in North Carolina. That's what I did. Okay. I, who would have known that Bitcoin would have surged to 40, 50, 60? I, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't have it. But well, I still I, have I, 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 I was going to say, I hope you still have your Ethereum because that's next. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, got, I still got the stocks. Yeah. yeah. I got I to get in there. I got to get in there. I haven't bought one yet, but my, my homie's been buying, buying yeah. Ethereum like crazy. So. Um, it's it's you know it's a long so stocks man you see it on the timeline you see people chase tickers i've done it before i've chased tickers and and you know ipos and all that stuff look man me personally i check if you never heard of it the motley fool okay i am a <laughs> capital f foolish investor yeah so like i buy good companies my first investment ever was 2014 was apple and i had a friend at military training school he was like yo you ever heard of investing? And I'm like, yeah, I have. He's, he's like, let me show you. This is what my dad taught me. He, my dad taught me how to invest. 
And I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like my, my father wasn't really even in my life to even start off with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. look how ahead of how ahead you are. Yeah. You know, how you you can have that. But I went and learned and, and, and bought 500 bucks worth of Apple in 2014. And I still have those shares. It was five shares. And now, you know, they've gone through little multiple splits or whatever. And here we are now, you know, multiple, them, like, it, but they're going through multiple yeah. splits and they're still, they're still growing as a, you know, like as a strong yes. company and, and you're still making money even through the splits. Then I think Tesla is going to end up yeah. being like that as well. So, man, yeah, just look, just buy into solid companies you believe in and hold on to. I mean, that's, that's, if you want to be that type of investor. Yeah. If you want to be, you know, more of a risk taker um, and a speculator or you want to, you know, what I'm saying you want to do some flips or do some trades or options, whatever, go for it. Because there are people out there, they make millions, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that do that. Go for it. That's cool. Me personally, buy and hold into solid good companies that I believe are growing. That's that's me. And that's facts. What I do. Yeah. My strategy is is buy and hold for at least like seven to 10 years. So I'm in it for the long time. Yes. Whatever company I'm buying, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to chase the ticker and, 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 and figure it out. You know, like a, a $10 difference now, 10 years from now is not going to affect me. Like at what price point I got in, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Buying a hold for the long term, just facts, just, you know, um, yeah. let's go ahead and talk about your journey. Just, I mean, we kind of briefly touched over it, but the journey of, of where you're from, um, how you got into the military, like, you know who just decides to go yep. to the military uh and then, <laughs> and then logistics that's an interesting you know like that uh that's super interesting so i want to hear all about this just your whole life story sure, sure. yeah man yeah so uh, originally born in san fernando valley california that's where i was born at um but i don't remember nothing about that shit because my mom moved me to atlanta when i was three years old you know what i'm saying so grew up uh, in Stone Mountain, Georgia, um, you know, people who know about Atlanta know about that, you know, that's, that's outside of the perimeter, East Atlanta, um, in that area. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, you know, I, in ninth grade, I, I was going to a PTA meeting and I saw this sharply dressed kid in an Air Force <laughs> Junior ROTC yeah. outfit. He saluted yeah. us as we walked in the door. I was like, yo, that shit is cool, man. That's I, 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 I remember as a kid, that exact moment, like that exact memories at your school or whatever. So that's funny. Uh, I, uh, so I was just picturing it in my head. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So like, you know, did junior ROTC and, uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have the most amazing grades. Uh, so like, you know, uh, <laughs> this is another little story. Uh, like 12, 11th grade year, I had a meeting with my, my high school counselor. My mom was like, what do you, you know, this, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, bro? When you grow up, I was like, I want to be a rapper. And I was like, no, you aren't. You're not. No. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So, um, you know, I got a full ride scholarship to Tuskegee University with, through the army. Like the army gave me a full ride scholarship. That school is not cheap. It's like 30, it's like 28, $30,000 a year now. Facts. Um, my God, mom, that's what she got did. scholarship. She used the military for college Dope. and she has benefits for life. And she's, yeah, she's in Atlanta yeah. actually. So <laughs> yeah, man, it's, 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 it's major. Um, you know, I mean, I did that, you know, graduated. I'm, I'm an officer. I mean, you had, you had Dan went on here before he's, um, I've been, you know, connected with him. He's a military officer. We're just same rank and all that stuff. He's has a lot more experience, but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, and, and did the military. And now I recently changed from logistics to what is called public affairs in the army, which is essentially um, 
it's the, the, almost the equivalent of, of public relations on the civilian side. Yeah. On, on the civilian side. So, um, you know, that's, that's essentially uh, what, what I'm, what I'm doing now. I'm out here just uh, do, doing my thing out here in the military and in Texas. How long have you been in the uh, military for? Eight years on May 10th will be, will be eight years total. Damn. That's crazy. Um, yeah, how, by. yeah. For uh, how long do you plan on being in there? Man, I would say, man, I don't know. You don't think we'll about see. it? I do, man. I do. And so like, okay, you know, my, my, my wife, okay. When you, when you are married, it's another big thing too. When you are, when you are married, all right, you have to, you have a whole nother person to consider. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, my, my spouse does not want to be packing up and moving around because she wants to have a career of her own. She is trying to build her own career too. And you what have does to she do. What does she do? She is, she's in school to get her uh, master's in clinical psychology. She, she is going to school to be a therapist. Oh. And she wants to do her own practice in the, in the, in the near future. But you can't really do that if you're bouncing around and you can't really establish roots yeah. in the community. You're bouncing around every three years. Yeah. You know? so that we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what, what that's looking like. Um, I've been essentially military adjacent. So either through JROTC or ROTC since I was 14 years old. So what's that? Uh, uh, 16 years I've been military adjacent. Um, you know, at some point in time, you got to hang up the hat. Either the army's going to say goodbye to you or you say goodbye to the army. It is what it is. Uh, uh, true. I, but we'll I, see. That's a good quote. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I never, I never thought about that. Um, I mean, shit, but it looks like you're trying to do other things, you know, with, with investing. Um, that's, that's big. Yeah. And, and books. Um, you're super into books and writing. That's big. And your podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, other avenues yeah. and, and ways to create that income and you, you'll, yeah. you'll have benefits yeah. for life so yeah 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 it's 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 wild man you know being a, being a creative too i know there there are people out there that are you know we got this whole movement of of, of business going on you know in, in in the black online communities and stuff like that you know start a business get an llc all this stuff right but i know there are folks out there with hidden talents with uh, they, they love to draw they love to paint they love to write i was dude i put off writing this you know, this book that I have, it's a fiction book. It is not, it has nothing to do with business or anything like that. And no, and no shots to anybody who wrote fiction. I mean, wrote business books. You just wrote a book and uh, I, I pre-ordered it. And I'm looking forward to receiving it, um, your book, but we all have different talents and uh, you know, going into writing that book, that was a story that I had in my head since I was 14 years old and I started writing it and my computer crashed when I was 14. I stopped writing it until I was 29. Uh, you know, and I, and I just, I went on this 15 years difference. Yeah. 15 years. I had that book. I had that story in my head for 15 years. And I, I was like, man, what's the story I, I read bri- briefly about it on your website. What's the sure. story? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about a guy uh, named Jabari Brooks. It's, it's a fiction, it's a fiction horror story, pretty much like a film story. And um, he, he lives in this neighborhood and, you know, you know, with his daughter um, Eden and, and, um, there's these woods in, in his backyard that he just never really liked. Like they're just super creepy, but he'd always tell his daughter like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't go, don't, don't go into those woods. It's just something about them. Yep. And uh, one day his, his daughter goes into those woods and she does not come back out. God, and, kids uh, never listen. Kids never listen. <laughs> kids never listen, man. You know, kids never, it's the reason why she never listened though, you know, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, she goes in there, she doesn't come back, but without a trace, she disappears and like this, 
Um, there was a search for her. The police questioned him. They harassed him. The media harassed him. Um, and but it comes out to nothing. There was no there's there's no body found or anything like that. And uh, it, but it, it gives him essentially depression, anxiety, PTSD. He becomes an alcoholic. He gets divorced uh, from his wife, and it's just it's a downward spiral. And one day he decides, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there. I, he just never liked the woods. It's something about it. he never liked them. And one day he decides that he's gonna go in there. And when he goes in there, he essentially turns around and finds out that he has entered another dimension um, and he can't get out. And uh, it's essentially his journey into those woods. And it's just perpetually dark. It's always dark. There's all types of fucked up monsters and spirits in there. And his daughter is still in there, but she is a different entity now. So uh, dealing with that. And that's, that's, that's the book. And I made it into an audio book too. And it was dope as shit. So. Holy shit. Yo, that's like, there's so much to touch on in that book. <laughs> it's not just like sci-fi yeah. horror. It's like you're talking about depression. You're talking about anxiety. Then you're talking about it's almost like taking that step as a business owner. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. I got to go into those woods to find the truth yeah. and find some peace. And then when you fucking get there, it's like, oh, this wasn't what I thought <laughs> at all. Let me get fucking because this is interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's all it's all terror. Is it on audio audible or is it just audible book? No, so yeah, I did it. So I went on this like tear, man, you know, because I'm I'm a huge hip hop fan. So I was like, I want to do this shit independent, like completely independent. Yeah. Um, I don't want Amazon's finger, hands in my stuff or whatever, you know, messing with my money. I did it completely direct to consumer independent. So it's like on my website you know, you can go get it. And, you know, I uploaded it to this, to this area where you can essentially buy the book directly from me pretty much. And it, it distributes for me. Um, and you, you get to listen to it on a, on an audio app that is just as good as audible. It's, it's called book funnel. Um, and I just did it. I did the direct to consumer route. That's what I did. How long did it take uh, you to do the audible book? Cause I'm trying to think if I should do one for, for my book. Yeah. So what I've, so pro audible promote my book too, as well here. <laughs> Hell yeah. There you go. Money talks. The money talks, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. So, so with, with audible, what I'm tracking right now and you know, maybe don't quote me on it, but audible has something called ACX, um, audible creators exchange or something like that. And it's a portal where you can go and hire um, narrators for your audiobook. But apparently it's so backed up right now because a lot of people during the, during the pandemic, they realize, oh shit, I have a lot of time and I'm a creative. So let me go ahead and write all these books. Mm -hmm. um, and it's super backed up. What I did- Just go I, to Fiverr. My... Just go to Fiverr. Well, yeah. So, so what I did, uh, there's there's a guy named uh, Antoine Bandel. He's he's pretty pretty big in the in the independent uh, fiction. He has his own. Uh, he's a black guy out there in L.A. with with black um, black and, and Latino and, and Caucasian. What's his name? Um, uh, Antoine Bandel. I'll, I'll make sure to, to text that to you or okay. send it to you for sure. Yeah. He has his own basically audiobook agency. Okay. Independent. I went, yeah, I found, I found him through a Facebook group and I hit him up directly and he has actors on his team that can do the stuff and they're black. All my, by the way, all my characters in my book are black, yeah. by the way. That's right. Dope. So I, I, I hired them directly like, and they did the audiobook. and it's not, it's not just a narration, by the way, it is multiple characters, multiple actors with sound effects in the background. Like, so that's what listening. I need because my my book's yeah. a conversation between two kids. So yes, please gotcha. connect connect me after. Yes, I will. Um, that would be. I amazing. will. Um, I call it. 
damn dude I, i'm so proud that's, that's that's like super dope and i really want to i'm I, i'm a, uh i'm gonna purchase the audio book you got to give me go ahead and shout your website yeah yeah go ahead yeah for sure it's wordvinepress.com wordvinepress.com uh you can get the ebook for free uh and then you can get the audiobook essentially uh it's, it's a link to get the audiobook but you get the ebook for free for, for, by texting me on my super phone which is a whole different that's a whole different thing the text marketing uh you can text and, and the ebook will be sent to you basically for free you can read that for free uh short it's 55 minutes long um but it's, it's it's great and it's creepy as shit and i'm working on writing the second and third um it's a trilogy so i'm working on writing the second and third one how's that coming along Actually, uh, I, I've been so focused. On, so yeah, man, it's the hard part about being a creative at times. It's like, you don't always have the juices in you to just keep creating. Um, you know, so I, I'm working on like building a business right now, a whole different business. And that's kind of taken my creative side away mm -hmm. from me. So I have the first maybe 10 pages of the second book written. I just haven't had the motivation to, to, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I have the motivation to get back to it. Don't take 15 years again, man. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 I won't. <laughs> it won't be 15 years. No, for sure. Uh, It'll be at, at least another six months or, or, or a year or so. But I already know how the second book is going to go and, good. and how the whole story is going to end. Yeah. Oh, it, well, won't, it won't be 15 years. All right, for sure. Good, good. I was about to say, man, you got a lot. Well, well, things are about to start opening up, up now, but there was a lot of time last yeah. year to uh, four creatives, like you said. Yeah um cool yeah, so yeah. so books so how'd you get introduced to writing because like uh, I, i'm gonna just say a lot of black kids don't write right i i, I yeah. never well, i never knew about it until until my adulthood like my dad didn't sit down yeah. with me and and say hey let's write something besides music yeah <laughs> yeah i i think so as a child i was always you know a reader i was a reader i was a writer i mean you know that's why i'm into you know my my career profession that I'm in now um you know and that's essentially aligning your passion with with a career so um my stepfather he he sat me down one day in front of Microsoft Word 95 all right and was like yo write a story use your imagination write a story about something I was you know I was like six years old and I was like I don't want to write a story you know but I just he just had me write a story I wrote something about an elephant or something like that and just reading books just reading different books reading Harry Potter Lord of the Rings you know reading shit that, you know, sparks your imagination. I was, I wrote a play in, 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 in 11th grade and I had it actually produced and put on in my school in front of 200 people amongst other people who were in my drama. I was a drama kid, by the way. That's crazy. Kid. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I wrote a play and that, and that same thing, man, I wrote a play. I was 15 years old. I wrote a play, a story, very short play. And it's, the story is, is, is heart-wrenching, is gut-wrenching and people, the feedback from getting people walking out of the theater and like that play about that soldier was so, my God, it almost brought me to tears. And here like, who wrote that? And I'm like, oh, me, this 15 year old black kid yeah. wrote this story. Yeah. Like shit, you know? So um, that's just, you know, it's, I think it was just always innately in me just to, to write and, and to listen to stories and love stories and things like that. So I never, no matter what I don't want to do is no matter how much real estate I eventually own or a business that I build or all those investments and all that shit, that creative spark, I never want to let that go. That is, that is me. That is, I had to, during the coronavirus, I had to sit back and say, what do I love? What makes me? And it's not stocks. It's not real estate. It is my creative, my creativity. That's my true essence of myself, my love. Yeah. So, yeah.
I love it. I love it. Um, I agree. I think I feel like the investments are just a tool to enhance and and expand what you love. So it's just a, a vehicle for you to do what you love 10 years from now, um, even more. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I love that. Have you thought or ever considered of turning these books or anything that you write into film? Because they go hand in hand. Yeah, two. man, I have. I have. I have. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm learning about how books are turned into films, either if you sell the rights to or you keep the rights and you produce the film yourself. I would love the one that I love, well, you know, holy, I didn't give too much of the story away, you know, but it's already produced. It's already published. So I have copyright to it. But I would love for something like that to be on Netflix. You know, the story that I told you about or yeah. to be independently. Because another thing with, with with horror and with, with black people in horror, um, you have writers such as Octavia Butler, Walter Mosley has written fiction stuff as well. A lot of like black horror as of recent too is like, it's trauma. It's like trauma porn. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you got, I mean, some of Jordan Peele's, Jordan Peele stuff is great. I'm not gonna lie. But like, you got, I think the new one, Them, that's on Amazon or whatever. And it's just nothing but like just trauma, like racism and trauma porn. Can we as black people have a damn movie or a horror story or something that not written racism. It's just black people going through some fucked up shit. Like it's it's scary stuff. It's an average black. My story is the average black guy going through divorce and depression, anxiety, and it's some supernatural sci-fi fiction, crazy thriller stuff. It has nothing to do with racism or, or race or anything. Because we're 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 people too, and we go through scary things. Yeah. You know, um, I think I went off on a tangent, but yeah, I, I would like to see it as a. <laughs> no, but I also think it's I also think it's interesting that in your book I, I'm gonna buy this. Uh, I want to listen. Uh, sure. I also think it's super interesting that you touch like as a black man about depression and anxiety because that's something we yeah. we scape away from, you know. And um, and like you said, we do go through average stuff. Like right, you you normally think of oh depression, high anxiety, and a white male, right? Because they're stressed out about. Yeah. Yes. their corporate job right no but it happens to black people too and i think that's something that is kind of like a mm -hmm. hidden message in here um that's super dope yeah that's super dope man super good you should turn it into a film yeah. what i've been and i think what would be great is the cheaper route too um and the more exciting route for you um is to produce the film on your budget on yeah. your time and then get the film together and bring it to one of those networks like netflix or something uh, you'll get more instead of yeah. going to them with the story, you know, beforehand. Like, I think it would be fun for you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a network of, of black filmmakers and directors. I interviewed a guy on my podcast named Lex Truss, who um, directed a very short film called Zarina. And holy, wow. It was short film. Man, it's some talented folks out there that you may not just see every day because they may not be getting that shine, but these folks are grinding and making it happen. Uh, for sure. So either that, I like to make it into a damn graphic novel if I can, you know, yeah. like a comic book. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that's dope. Yeah. Um, shit, that's dope, man. I, I love, I love like all things like <laughs> creative, like, like I really didn't like books um, growing up. I didn't like reading. Well, let me rephrase that. I didn't like the reading that the schools assigned. So I, okay. I liked yeah. like books like this, right? Like one of my one of the books that got me really into sitting down and reading where I would not fall asleep is uh, True to the Game. 
Have you ever heard of that? It's a tr- it's a trilogy as well. And is it is it an urban like an urban thriller like an urban crime kind of thriller type thing or almost it's it? like yeah almost it's like about a guy named Q who he's like a big time drug dealer he has this like nice uh, down the ride chick and they just go through hella shit right and it's a yeah. tr- who's it by let me see but that in. And uh, I got it from my stepdad. My stepdad put me on that, who's been in and out of prison okay. um, since I was young. And it, it was like a prison book. Like they passed it around the prison and then he gave it to me oh. after he was done. And I didn't put that book down. I was like, I think I want to say in like sixth grade, maybe seventh, seventh grade. Um, yeah. And that game or in that, that book like made me write or uh, want to read more, more books. But before that, dude, I feel Yeah, because you could relate, you could relate to the, you could relate to the content. To exactly. It wasn't exactly. of Green Gables or, or fucking, you know, this shit, like you said, the shit they have you read in school where you're just like, yeah. I don't know these people. Yeah, I don't, I don't see know myself. these white people. Who are these white people? In <laughs> it's like, well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but like, yeah, true to the game, you know True to the game, or, or, Terry or even, Woods. You know, other stuff. Terry Woods. There's a Terry Wood. Yeah. Terry Wood I? Yeah. It was uh 2007, 2008. Oh, and the first one was 1994. Damn, she took a while to write the second one. But yeah, these are like it was like pretty big. And then they, oh. they tried to make movies and shit. I think there's like two movies. I didn't I didn't like the movies. The books are way better. Okay. But damn, I didn't know she took like almost a 10, yeah. like 13 year break. God damn. But uh yeah, amazing books. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Like <laughs> you can't you can't force you can't, you can't force the creativity. Like that's what I'm not trying to. I, I wrote that book in like a month, man, the one that I did, but I had the story in my head for 15 years, but you can't force it because it, it's, you're going to put out like a substandard stuff. All man. the bluff like, and like, yeah. <laughs> you can't like, you can't force it. So, uh, but I, like I said, I already know how it's going to end. It's going to be wild. I've talking to my friend of 15 years, half my life. I've already told him how it's going to end. He's like, yes, please, please yeah. put it out. Like, yeah. That's dope. <laughs> you know, That's dope. Natural, ethereal stuff, man. So yeah. That's dope, man. I'm excited. Um, well, uh, I want to go ahead and move on to the Hella Misguided segment um, where I ask the same sure. question uh, to each person who comes up here. And that question is, if you were to write a letter to yourself at age 18, what would you say? Oh, man. Uh, there's nothing. Some of these things are not appropriate for a podcast. Nah, we, <laughs> this, is a, this is a conversation. I just record. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Dude, confidence, confidence, confidence. Okay. Love yourself. You are powerful. You are more powerful than you think. Be confident in all that you do. Be okay. assertive. Uh-huh. Stand up for yourself. Where at, at the yeah. age of 18, were you not as confident? No, I was not. Why? And why I'm still, you- there's still, and, and there's, still things that I'm working on. You know what I'm saying? Like open book, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I speak to a therapist I mean, yeah. we, as we, as we should, if we're dealing with things and, and no, I was not the most, con- it's, it's weird. Like I'm confident in certain areas, but in certain areas dealing with either confrontation or sometimes standing up for myself, I was not the most confident person. And those are things that I'm, that I'm working on. So yeah, I would tell that to my 18 year old self, Hey man, confidence, you are more powerful than you think you are. And uh, you have the ability to do amazing things and you will do. So just be confident. Fact. I love it. I love that. Um, I think that that also just goes to 
there's a few reasons um i wanted to ask that question uh sure. and, and have you go into more detail but you know you said you didn't have a father figure around uh and and mm. neither did i mm. so I think that that really digs into our confidence as young men in high school where things are changing rapidly. Um, we're talking daily, you know what I mean? And yeah. as an 18 year old man in, you know, not the greatest neighborhoods, you kind of need that confidence to get you through some stuff. Um, and so that's important. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And then another part of it is just like the human biology of fucking growing as a man. Yeah. Now, obviously yeah. we're, we're talking puberty but we're also just talking like the emotional stress you go through the and then put yourself in uh not great environments you know what i mean so um confident yeah. confidence definitely goes a long way um absolutely and it's a it's a it's a battle every day until until you're dead really i mean you deal with confidence not no yes. matter the age like you said you're, you're still dealing with some stuff so yeah, that's yeah. that's important. Yeah, but you know we're we're gonna make. I'm, I think I'm gonna make it through. I'm making progress. You know, um, the the thing is, especially as you hopefully as you as you grow older, as you mature as an adult, is that you are able to be um, perceptive of the things that you need to work on. So as long as you're as long as you are acknowledging the things that you need to work on, that's the first step. If you're just like, nah, man, fuck that, bro. I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. Like, uh, nah, 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 <laughs> man. No, sir. Yeah, yeah. You have some things you got to work on, my brother. You have some things you need to work on, my sister. Like, acknowledge that and take that first step. Facts. I love it. No, mm -hmm. you're, you're right. You sound like a therapist. You got to acknowledge it. <laughs> you got to acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, bro. Damn. Yeah. All right. It's not what you <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I was a, I studied psychology too. And I love it. I love like, Oh, that. dope, dope, dope. Yeah. Dope, yeah. Dope. Uh, yeah. I love, I love everything about psychology and, and sociology, dope. but dope. cool. Um, I want to talk about, uh, the soul of a writer, your podcast. Sure. Sure, um, sure, sure. How did you start that? Why did you start that? And yeah. That? Yeah. So at the time, um, I was looking for like podcasts where they interview black indie writers and creators and I, I couldn't find one mm -hmm. like I could not find a podcast on Apple podcast um and I was like I'll create it fuck it I'll just create one yeah cool cool and so that's 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 the background on that like well how'd you how'd you come up how'd you come up with the name it's pretty dope I mean, it's deep. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's a great question. Dog, yeah. man. So uh in, in high school when I was 15 writing, there was a literary magazine that I wrote in. I wrote poems. I was doing spoken word, poetry, all types of stuff, bro. Plays. Um spoken and word and poetry is my favorite thing I've been writing since I was it's amazing. Five or seven. Five or wow. seven. Yeah, I've been writing poetry. I, I performed in front of like thousands of people. Like I poetry. Wow my favorite <laughs> wow yeah yeah i i still have um my my old well you know the little composition books not this one specifically but the little <laughs> composition books i was writing raps i was listening to right that that little how, composition how book is the littlest one i've seen <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, it's my little daily task. Little baby <laughs> but, you know, back then i was bumping you know immortal technique nas you know yeah, the, yeah. the jizz right so the literary magazine that I that I wrote these poems and short stories in, which actually the literary magazine that I wrote the first chapter of the book that I made recently, that's great, was in a literary magazine called Soul of a Writer, and I was looking for the name of my podcast, and 
I looked on my bookshelf and I was like, what can I name this podcast? I was like, it was probably like Black Indie Podcast, something like that. Nah. <laughs> and I still have that literary magazine. I still have this very short little pamphlet from 15 years ago. And I pulled it out and it said, Soul of a Writer or The Soul of a Writer. And I was like, oh, there oh, we go. That's fire. No, that's it's fire. Is the connection. Hopefully they didn't patent it. To it and it's crazy. Hopefully they didn't patent it. So I don't you, think they did. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. think they did. It was called need, the solo, the uh, solo writer. Okay. All right, for sure. You need a patent. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's nice. Or, I, or I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna put yeah. it on a t-shirt. I'm gonna take it and put it on a t-shirt before you do. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah, you paid me. Yeah. But yeah, and that's it because it's because it's black. I'm interviewing black independent writers and creators. So soul of a writer. So, you know, bro. Soul. I, that's what I'm saying. There's so many. Uh, like, it's a lot in there. It's a lot in there. Um, yeah. Man. Cause yeah. like even when you're writing, it has to come from the soul. I, I, you can't just write. Like, like the best songs are the ones with emotion in it. The best poems yes. are the ones that are relatable to people. Like you look at uh, what's the yes, like one of the most favorite ones. Uh, the fucking dark one. I, I uh, how does it go? Dark ride. Uh, it's like in thy night, in thy dark. Or, you know what I'm talking about? Invictus. Invictus. No, I don't think so. How does that one go? No, I, I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the. Oh my gosh, see, I'm messing up now. I am the captain of my spirit. I'm the. Um, no, I, I got it because a rap, a rapper, G Easy had it on the back of his shirt and uh, one of when it. Uh, damn, now this is going. This is going to be on my mind. Yeah, this. Is, I'm, I don't know why. I think I because I think I know. What you, I, I, I might, I it's might like, know what you're talking about. It's like when it's dark. Oh, what is it? Hold on. I know. Cause he hold on. Now you got me looking up. Cause G, I'm messing G up Easy, right now. Yeah, G Easy talked about it though. Cause his album hold on, is based hold on. on. Hold on. Hold I bet on, I bet there's other people now. listening and they're like, oh, it's right. this one. Like, <laughs> we know the poem. Yeah. We know it. What are you talking about? Invictus by William Ernest Henley. I think I know what you're talking about, man. I think I do. Uh, out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I think whatever guys may be from my unconquerable soul. Is that what you're talking about? Wait, keep going and then keep going. Is that it? I should know this by heart because I pledged a fraternity in college. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not once nor cloud allowed. Under the blood of chance, my head is bloody banana. On this wrath, with, wrath and tears, wounds, horror of the shade. And yet the minutes of the years finds it shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged or punished Mr. Scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Is that what you're talking about? Because you said something darkness and dark and it comes from the soul. What's in the, the in the light? No, no, it's not. It's not. Fuck. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm Somebody, the listeners are screaming at us right now in the car. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. screaming at us like, yo. Dude, it's you know a famous. It. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You learn it in high school. You learn it in high school. Um, oh my god. I don't know. I, this is gonna piss me off. I'm so mad. All right, but whatever. Uh, I'll figure it you're out. Gonna find, you're, gonna, you're gonna find it after, after we're done recording. You're gonna find it. You're like, damn it, I found it. Yeah. You're, you're gonna send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not. It has. It's probably not even in the dark. It's probably like something else. It's probably like light or something. I I don't know why I'm thinking dark, but anyways. I mean, but, cool. you're, but you're right. It, it has to come from the soul. Like that stuff has to come from the soul. You know, exactly it has to come from uh, a place of deep thought, and you have to you have to go into yourself. Even you know, writing the second part of the book, I had to go into some dark parts of myself to even bring that stuff out. Oh shit. wait, speaking of that, have you seen the show 
the Netflix thriller. It's literally about what we're talking about. What the fuck? It's a uh, uh, shit. Of course, I don't know because I <laughs> I don't know it anything happened. right now. It just it just released like two weeks ago, and it's called. Okay. Um, it's about I, I don't know what it's called. It's about a writer right and um she's married and they get a babysitter because she's about to write her second book and it's been like 15 years right she's a big time writer oh, wow. this book okay. is like a, a best-selling um and she's about to write her second book and like she like says like you guys need to be prepared because when i go in a writing mode i turn into a different person and it's oh, like wow. oh and she hires this babysitter i'm not going to give too much away but then it's like her life intertwines with a fantasy of this babysitter. Oh, wow. And it's crazy, bro. Wow. I, I'm going to send you it because I want I want you to watch it with your wife and then let me know. Uh, for sure. You, yeah, for thought. sure. That uh, sounds deep. It was like Netflix top 10 yesterday, yesterday last week or whatever. So it wow. shouldn't be, shouldn't be uh, hard yeah. to find. Uh, yeah. But yeah, writing is super it's, cool. It like takes me into like another world. Like, you know what I mean? You're right. And it's just, I'm at that weird, I'm at this weird crossroads where like business investing and trying to, yeah, I started up a new business and I'm trying to grow that. And I'm like, what about the book you wrote, Royal? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, man, like, I can't do things at once. It's, it's, Dude, I get know, it. I get it. But. I get like that all the time. <laughs> I, I like try and do too much and do like it, right over here. I have this big whiteboard on my wall. But like yeah. fucking thousands of things on it. <laughs> and I like continue to add shit. And it's just, it gets overwhelming sometimes, you know. Uh I think I think you froze. Royal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You do you do nothing. You know, I do want to. Yeah, very true. Very yeah. true. Um, well, cool. I, I wanna I wanna wrap up um yeah. and ask you um our, guide, our guided conclusion section. Um, so my question for you today is, would you rather write your own story or someone else's? Because I ask this because sometimes, although we think it's better to write our own story, um, sometimes it's hard to get those thoughts across the way like they feel inside. Um, have you ever had trouble with this? Yeah, I mean, when you when you try to write your own story or look into yourself, you you have your own bias on yourself. Exactly, you know what I mean. Uh huh. Um, yeah, so it be a little harder gets, to write. Yeah, judgment gets in the way. Yeah, it gets a little clouded. So you know, what about this answer? I would rather have someone else someone else write a story about me so I can read it completely objectively. You know, and I can be like, ooh. Oh, that's interesting. That makes us a good, that makes us a good movie. Yeah. That makes us a good movie. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look at yourself like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Sure. Yeah. I like it. Um, shit. Well, I appreciate you coming up here. Go ahead and uh, drop all of your um social medias and everything and i found the movie but i'll tell you after <laughs> sure oh yeah you tell me after <laughs> yeah yeah uh so my twitter is uh is royal skiggies so um, I, 
what you can get the book is wordvinepress.com. So word in a vine press.com. Um, yeah, I will really kind of didn't really get into it. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, the show was sponsored by Assurance DNA, which is my company as well. Uh, so assurancedna.com as well. But yeah, all my, my socials, I'm really mainly active on Twitter, Rollski. You know, that's, that's all you really, really need to know. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, and yeah, um, the show is sponsored by Assurance DNA. So you will hear that, hear that and make sure uh, you go get your test kit if you need, if you need one. Um, <laughs> if you need one. Yeah. If, if you need one. Um, cool. Uh, so this is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. My name is Juwan. I'm sitting here with Royal and I appreciate you, my brother. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you, Juwan. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing your growth, man. Looking forward to seeing your growth. Thank you. Thank you. You too. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. Good.